Welcome to the Beers and Ears podcast. Here are your hosts, Casey Woolley and Matthew Brown. Hello and welcome back to the Beers and Ears podcast. My name is Casey. And my name is Matt. Welcome to, uh, an, um, we're on the heels of another Marvel series wrapping up and we're so excited to be talking about it. I know. You know, we were just prior to recording this um, this episode, Matt and I will do about once a month or so, once every six weeks business, which is kind of preparing for our upcoming episodes. And it wasn't that long ago that we were recording and getting ready for the Infinity Saga series leading up to what would have been Black Widow. And what's really ironic is as we are setting up our schedule for you know, the upcoming three months is that Black Widow's back on the schedule, but all of this other content has now suddenly come into the mix between WandaVision, of course, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, or if you watched all the way through the end, it's now Captain America and the Winter Soldier. I don't know if you saw that little thing at the end. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, yeah. Obviously, spoilers ahead. (laughs) Uh, I don't think that was a big spoiler, but, um, and of course, Loki coming out in June, which is going to be a big, big win for us here, too. So, you know, all that content, it's nice to have some fresh Marvel content because it was dry for a while where we went that full 18 months. So that's what we're here to discuss is that the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, I remember when, you know, we try to on, on this podcast because we're trying to cover so many things. I remember when we were trying to like sprinkle Marvel in. It's like, okay, well, what can we do? Um, <laughs> Let's do. Uh, like, yeah, it was uh, really tough. It really was. Well, and then again, the Infinity Saga series sucked up a lot of that oxygen in the room. And I think we did the top 10 Marvel characters before that. But other than that, Marvel kind of, you know. It, it just wasn't there. But here we are, two series in the bag, a third coming with Loki and, of course, Black Widow on the way. And a bunch of the trailers have dropped for some of the Phase 4 movies, which I know have made you excited. <laughs> did you see the Shang-Chi trailer and Legend of the Ten Rings? I did. I am not as excited about it as you are, but I've never been a martial arts movie guy. So Fair I'm, I'm excited. Here's the thing. Trailers are their own art. Trailers, you can never trust a trailer, especially in the MCU. Um, And that said, the trailer doesn't give us a whole lot of plot at all and how it connects to the greater universe. So for that reason, I don't think I'm as excited about it, but that does not mean I'm not going to go see it. I mean, I remember... Again, Doctor Strange. I was not excited about Doctor Strange, but when I finally watched him, like, why did I wait so long? And he became my favorite <laughs> character. So I, I think for me, the trailer was loaded with more action than story plot. So for me, it was a little bit less, ooh, you know? Yeah. No, I hear you. And, and it definitely, like, was a trailer that didn't – I mean, I'm sure if I dove into it, I could find out all the stuff it revealed. But I'm, I'm not one of those people that watches the trailer and then like, okay, now I need to do 10 hours of research to figure out what did I miss? I just watch it for what it is and go, wow, that was really cool. I can't wait for that. Um, and, and again, it's just more of it. I, I don't know if I'm so excited about the movie or excited that like, here we are. We're back in our, you know, summer release, November release, and we're going to get a spring release. Like I'm, I, we're back in the rhythm. It's the MCU rhythm where, you know, uh, November rolls around and we get a movie spring rolls around and gets a movie summer rolls around. And we get a movie. Like I, I, I think I'm just excited for that rhythm back. I will say this, that watching the trailer, I, I thought to myself, something I've already said on this show on several occasions, which is, The break from COVID, the break from coronavirus, while it felt like an eternity, 
it did give MCU a chance to reset in the public zeitgeist, the public consciousness. It gave them a chance to to say, you know, I haven't seen a superhero movie in a while, and, and, and it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt that Wonder Woman 1984 was a bomb. That said, <laughs> I think what it's done is it's given Kevin Feige and the entire MCU a chance to reset and say, hey, we're still here, but you know what? We got we're going a completely different direction now. And I think that's good. I think I, I'm really excited to see them come off of the the Avengers part of it and bring us into some of these other story arcs. And one thing I'm really excited about, and I know, you know, I don't know how they're gonna do it. No one knows. If you say you know how they're gonna do it, you you're lying. But I'm really excited to see when they finally decide to bring in the X-Men and that whole element into the MCU. I mean, I was just reading an article today about Deadpool and he's the, he is officially confirmed as coming into the MCU. He's the first character confirmed. They haven't said how they're going to do it, but they've confirmed it's going to happen. Like that's exciting to me. Right. And, um, you know, it's, I just watching that trailer, I think gave me a chance to truly what's up. Uh, my child just puked. I need to go help really fast. Okay, you go take care <laughs> so, of that. That's so, the yeah. cold open. <laughs> so, <laughs> we we can absolutely leave this in. I do not care. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, you, <laughs> you go take care of that. I'll pause the uh, recording here for a second. All right. Because of the joys of time travel and a pause button, we have um, come back. Matt has has returned and, and daughter is OK. So that's good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's a first. Like, think about it. 100 and some odd episodes in. This is the first time that I've had like a kid thing happen and had to like quick scurry off to go take care of a oh. child. It's all good. I think we were they was just Matt wrapping up the point that it's, it, you know, um, the, the break was useful and it's exciting to have new content was kind of where I think we were going with it. So, yeah, um, yeah, I agree. all right. So we're here to talk about the Falcon and the winter soldier, uh, which um, was, if I'm not mistaken, was supposed to be the first of the series that was supposed to debut, but because of COVID got shut down, then it resumed, but WandaVision finished first. So WandaVision came out. And then Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and now we got Loki coming a little bit later. I guess we'll just kind of do our, our normal thing here. Um, I guess before we get into kind of like high points, low points, things like that, let's kind of just talk a little bit about like kind of where this is set. So this is set uh, immediately following the events of Endgame, like like six weeks, I want to say, following the events of Endgame or four It's weeks. very close. I, yeah. I don't know the exact, so I can't remember, but it's close. It's very close. Very similar time period as uh, WandaVision, I want to say. WandaVision happens in, in the same same roundabout area because of what happens with Monica Rambo and everything, right? So so, um, so it happens after that. Falcon's kind of, from what I can tell, kind of like freelancing a little bit, it looks like. And Bucky's kind of finally free from... Uh, the the Winter Soldier stuff that's going on. He doesn't. He's not. He's not tethered to anything anymore. And um, it, it, it it takes place after an Endgame and and when everybody's kind of come back from the blip from the snap. Um, and that's kind of where we start off in episode number one. You know, I, I I I'm gonna make no bones about it. I mean, when when this when I started watching this, I put it up in the Facebook group. I watched episode one, Matt, and I was I was not a fan. I was not a fan of the first episode. I was really worried about it. In fact, it was so bad that I watched it 
and didn't pick it back up until they had all six episodes up. So where I know you watched it kind of in a serialized weekly format. I did. And, and your episode one was weak is I think the majority. And even people who ultimately said, you know, I love the series agree that episode one was, it, it was a lot of backstory set up kind of, I mean, almost boring. Like it starts off with a bang where yeah. honestly, I very much enjoyed the whole Falcon, uh, you know, rescuing the yeah. the pilots and like that was really really cool and so you 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 hit the ground run you're like yeah all right and then you get into like all right and now we're gonna go argue on my sister's boat and then we're gonna argue with a banker and then yeah bucky's like gonna be sad about uh, killing an asian person's son and then gonna go out on a really weird date that never really pays off in any kind of way like it was just it was just very very slow it makes you wonder why they didn't do um what they did with wandavision where they put two episodes out at the same time because you know with wandavision that first episode was was awkward and i think they realized that it was awkward and and so they put two episodes out at once it gave you just a little bit of a taste I honestly think that they probably could have done the same thing with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I mean, it wasn't until episode two that I think they even meet up. Like, they're completely separated in episode one. So, like, it, it just, it, it felt, you know, for, to be this buddy cop kind of overall arching t- uh, pro, uh, uh, stereotype, to have an episode, of, you know, one of six episodes, basically 17% of your entire miniseries being where you're not even together, it just feels really weird. And so I, I think right from the start, I was turned off by it to the point that I I, I knew that we were going to be doing a, a recording session on it. So I chose to binge it all in one day, which to me, I think helped keep my attention. But watching it from week to week, I would have struggled. I really would have. Yeah. I the 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 later episodes got better like there was a little bit more suspense but I think that this is where this series actually was hurt by flip-flopping with WandaVision because Mm -hmm. WandaVision was this something we've never seen before it was in a format we've never seen before oh my gosh this we're dealing with magic and intrigue and all this other stuff and I mean the the articles that that were written about it the theories everything and and Falcon and Winter Soldier, you it starts out and it pretty much starts out exactly like the Winter Soldier does. And I, and when I mean exactly like it does, I mean it's the same villain that Captain America fights on that boat that Falcon is fighting in the helicopter. It's mm. the exact same person. And so while it's not bad, it's like a, I've seen this before. This is a, a this is a genre that I've seen before. I love Captain America: The Winter Soldier, but I've seen it. it I've seen that, so there wasn't as much like intrigue and excitement i think behind this series because we weren't all captivated by it i agree with you 100 percent. i think 100 percent because it's 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 more of the same of that action-packed action movie that we got out of endgame where the 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 the, the uniqueness of wandavision kind of 
finally turned our attention to that what is going to be phase four. I mean, it, it kind of brought us into, you know, we talked a lot about in WandaVision, you know, this idea of exploring magic and sorcery and, and that the dark arts, which is something they haven't really gone to yet. So it almost felt like we went there and then it's like we, we, we had to go back. It's almost like we went back in time a year to get back to this. And, and it did. It felt off. That said, it wasn't completely irredeemable. Like you said, there were some really good moments, um, uh, which I'm really excited to get to and, and talk through. Um, so let's just, let's just dive right in besides obviously, you know, Sam and, and, and Buck, um, did you have any favorite characters that, that really stood out to you that you really enjoyed? So I, I, before I begin, I have to say, I love that we do our reviews, not, in a like right after um you know i i there's so there's listeners there's a reason behind this because i love the ability to get to digest even rewatch. um you know other podcasts do like snap reactions where you know the series ends and they're on the microphone giving you their reactions and i like that we have a little bit more time to digest i love john walker's character the U.S. agent character. Okay, all right. I thought that that actor played him so well that he is not completely unlikable, but but also not the person you're cheering for. Um, I I just I I thought the actor just played him so so well, and and the scenes that he's in even when he's not just interacting with, with, with the Falcon and winter soldier, it, it, it's the scenes that he's in. I just, I, I, I looked forward to those scenes. Interesting. And um, so that, that was a character that I really, really enjoyed that at the, at the beginning, I didn't really, I was like, okay, this is, this is just kind of, you know, your classic, you know, soldier gone. He's going to get too much power's going to go to his head, yada, yada, yada. But I, I really enjoyed his arc and I'm excited to see now where they, take him further as well with us agent yeah you know as far as john walker goes again because i stopped watching at the end of episode one of course he shows up at the end but you don't know anything more about him he looks like you know what's his face from up <laughs> all those memes of him the the, the dude from up anyway um <laughs> there were you know i belong to a lot of like nerd groups and one of the groups that i belong to is a group called gay geeks it's like thousands and thousands of thousands of gay nerds and they bashed they bashed him like for weeks like this is not the captain america we deserve this is horrible this is this and what people didn't realize and what people were trying to comment on was like that was the point this is not steve rogers like (laughs) i i think it 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 really epitomizes the fact that steve rogers really was a, a, a once in a lifetime once in a generation once in an ever person to wear that suit and there's a reason why he passes that suit in that shield over to sam because sam Mm -hmm. is going to live up to those ideals and even sam and you know we get into this in the later episodes questions his ability to be able to live up to those ideals and to that to that what cap really is you know and the whole idea of that super soldier serum really bringing out the what you're already made of it goes to show you that steve was never in it for the fame he was never in it for you know the the accolation from from the public he was in it to do the right thing where john walker on the outside looked like he was always doing the right thing but he did enjoy the fame and the recognition and that's what was you know obviously elevated once he took the super soldier serum 
So I, I again, I, I agree. I think that that the, the John Walker character was played amazingly well by, shall we say it, Kurt Russell's child, uh, Wyatt Russell, um, and and he did. And it's pretty cool that you know Kurt Russell and Wyatt Russell are both in the Marvel universe now, which I think is yeah. But I think he did. I think he played it really well. I think he had a redeemable arc, and I think that we're now going to kind of see where he goes in this U.S. agent direction. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I never had the disdain for him that others showed because I understood the part he was trying to play. I understood exactly what he, he was supposed to invoke that, that feeling of, I, I tried to, I almost tried to think through it. Like when I was watching him, what am I feeling? And, and really what I was feeling was this feeling of disgust almost like, yeah. you don't, you don't, you have not earned that suit, man. And exactly, yet there's yeah. almost like a feeling of helplessness. Like you've not earned this, that suit. You don't belong in that Captain America suit suit. I don't care who, who says you belong there, you know? And then you, you see his actions and you go, see that, that Steve wouldn't have done that. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and I'm going to piggyback off a little bit of what you just said and, and, and going to reveal my favorite scene from this entire series. And it is uh, there's it's two it's 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 a scene where they're going back and forth between two conversations and the conversation is between uh, uh, John Walker and Lamar and Zemo and Sam and the question is asked of each of them by Zemo and by John Walker would you take the super soldier serum yeah and Lamar is an absolutely one hundred percent and 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 Sam is a 100% no. And Zemo even comments of like, you answer that right away. You're telling the truth. Like that's good for you. And I, that harkens back to exactly what you were talking about to the first Captain America movie where the doctor who is picking the, the candidate for this is talking like it enhances what's already there. And that is showing the character of these two soldiers of like, they, they are, they love this idea of power of being able to overpower whatever is in their way. And Sam is just not in that headspace. Same with Steve was not in that headspace. And that's why they embody the, the mantle of captain America. So well, so there's that scene right there was just, I watched and went, Oh, that was nice. Oh, that was so, so well done. it, it, It paid, it paid dividends as we got towards the end of the end of the show as well uh you brought up my one of my favorite characters which was zemo i i felt that zemo bringing him back you know he he i think if i'm not mistaken and i'd have to go back and listen to our episode um of of civil war i think we lambasted him pretty badly as the villain in civil war i don't think either of us liked him all that much he felt very two dimensional. In fact, I, in fact, I know we lambasted him because your, I think your exact comments on him were think of this guy's plot. Like it was, it was all Hidjidad. What if this happened at this moment and this happened at this moment and this, like, and I remember we, we had, we, we, we went really hard on him. I feel me that being hard on a Marvel <laughs> villain. That doesn't sound like me. Oh. <laughs> but that, that said, I'm really glad they brought him back because I feel like we got much more of a 3d image of who this guy is. Um, and he's funny. Like 
he had some of the I think yeah. he, he had some of the most funny like comic relief in this. Like it was some of his lines were really good. But I will tell you that I think the the part that really did it for me was when he's he's talking to Bucky and Sam, I believe, and he says, "Have either of you been back?" Have either of you gone back to, to to Sokovia to see the memorial they built? And 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 both of them say no, they haven't. And, and he just kind of under his breath just says, "Of course you haven't." Like it just it was like that moment of like there are real world consequences to to the things that have taken place throughout. You know, to us this is entertainment, but this in this world in this universe there are real world consequences to would have taken place and and he comes from a different perspective and i will say this where i think because we watched wandavision first and we got a really big glimpse into sokovia there it i think it pulled on the heartstrings a little bit more watching that monument they built in sokovia the family and i mean i just i i saw i saw pietro pietro and 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 wanda in kind of the the, the little girl and little boy with the parents there like that that was kind of my vision of of that but yeah i just uh i i think i think zemo was probably my favorite character um you know outside of falcon and and, and uh, bucky he was a close second for me um for exactly the reasons you said i thought they really uh, 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 made him a more interesting character and a uh, hilarious fact that i learned the actor daniel Brohl. Uh, he is the voice of Lightning McQueen in the German version of Cars. Really? That's kind of yep. fun. That's <laughs> yep. good. He's good. So, he's, he's really yeah. good. So, you know, I mentioned this whole idea of real world consequences. One of the things that we liked about WandaVision was that it did explore a little bit more of the consequence of the blip, of the snap. I will say I really, really loved the exploration, like that was a, the major plot point of Falcon, the winter soldier and this idea of the global, was it the GRC, the global resource committee mm-hmm. or whatever it is, yeah, where they're yeah, trying yeah. to, trying to place what they were basically referring to as, as refugees. And I, I mean, there's a lot of like Buzzfeed um, funny videos out there about, you know, what would have actually happened had all these people actually come back and they're funny to watch, but, it's it's a reality. I mean, six years goes by, or however long it was that went by, and all these people just suddenly come back, and all these other folks had moved on with their lives. That's exactly the type of thing that would probably happen in the world we live in: is a committee would be formed by the United Nations, and they would try to figure this stuff out through you know through never-ending committees and and votes, and and it would never get sorted, and and people would start to kind of develop into second-class citizens. Yeah. Oh yeah, it, it's very it's very realistic of 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 what would happen, and I I do enjoy. I agree. I do enjoy uh, that they explore some of this. However, and I feel like this is what we're transitioning into. I I could not stand the main antagonist of this series. Really, Carly just. It just didn't do it for me. Um, she came off as I understood her motives, and and you know, it, you know, I, I understand the the role she was trying to play, especially in that last episode where it, you know Sam's big speech and and that kind of he gives 
he doesn't just make her out to be the villain. I like how Sam interacts with her. He doesn't just try to take her out. He's really trying to help her. I, I really, really like that. But she she escalates quickly. And then the people who are around her, who, who by the way, are also super soldiers. Like, there's a, there's a select core of people that are super soldiers. And they're clearly upset with the decision she's trying to make. Like she blows up a building with people in it. And the guy is like, there were people in there. And she's just like, whatever, they don't care about us. And he's clearly distraught about that. And then the whole with the kidnapping, the GRC members, like, well, we'll just have to kill them if necessary. They're all visibly upset. I'm like, so stand up to her. Why, why are we, why are you, what, what, what makes her the person to listen to? You all are super soldiers too. You know, okay, so I, I've thought long and hard about this, and I think I was where you're at at first, but as I've digested more, and again, this is, again, one of the reasons why I, I appreciate that we do this a little bit later and we have time to digest, I I actually kind of appreciate how she was played. I appreciate, okay, so I think it's first worth saying that this is based off of a real comic book named uh carl uh carl montague i think it is uh morgenthal carl morgenthal from the comics they just they reverse gendered her reverse gender the villain made it a female uh made her younger in this case at first i felt the same way i felt like man that that's the villain of this epic battle but at the same regard she never she never came off as a villain for those first really three episodes I, i i I think what I enjoyed most about her was her progression from idealistic one world, one piece. We're all one you know, human race. We, we just want to be let back into our countries and just get back to normal, which is, you know, we've talked about sympathizing and empathizing with the villains before. I mean, one world, one piece. I felt it. I mean, I totally agree with where she was at. Right. There's, you know, that point where, where I think it's Sam says to her the first time about being a su- supremacist. And and they're talking about, I think, one of these other characters who's a supremacist. And, and, and she says, well, I'm not one of those. And Sam goes, well, aren't you? And she goes, no, I'm not. From that point forward, she builds. Like, she, her, her, I love her arc. I love how she goes from just being this... I just want to get things back to normal. I want us all to be recognized as humans. We're one, one world, one piece to this idealistic dictator really of how she wants things to go. And she's going to stop it all, you know, not going to stop with any means necessary. She's going to do it all. And, and you're right. Her, her, she escalates quite a bit, but I liked that about her. And I think it shows she was probably as realistic a villain, human villain as we've ever seen. And I think that's what I liked about her. I will give you that one. That that from a this wasn't a villain that that uh, you know had a tech upgrade or uh, you know found some magical artifact or anything like that. Like it, it was a very human villain. I, I and I, I I agree with that. I just I I found her more annoying than than something that was actually in the way i i guess maybe this is this is maybe something that i'm i'm just kind of actually in the moment realizing maybe it was also because 
I knew she wasn't going to win. Like, like I, I knew that she, her her goals were not going to get. I mean, I, I shouldn't say that. I didn't know that, but my my assumption with how this was going to go was like, well, clearly Sam and Bucky are going to stop this. Possibly. I mean, they were they were going to stop. I think the the short term tragedy of what was trying to happen, but the long term. I mean, we kind of leave the end of the series kind of still unsure. I mean, yeah, the, the GRC members say, yeah, okay, we're going to fix this, but we don't really see the fixing yet. Like that's, what's kind of interesting about this is that there are millions of people or billions of people all, you know, from around the world right now displaced, you know, they say they're going to do something based on Sam's speech, which we'll get to in a minute. But like, I, I don't know. I, I found that part really, I don't know, intriguing and interesting. Like there was the action parts of the movie. And then there was the political thriller part of the movie, which I think the political thriller or not movie, but the series, the political thriller part of the series has yet to be resolved. I think in some, some part. Yeah. And, and I'm interested to see how they, because Loki seems to be doing its kind of own thing, kind of more on the basis of when Loki took the Tesseract that triggered something. Shang-Chi, I think, mm-hmm. is going to kind of be its own arc as well. So I'm, I'm curious, you know, where they kind of go with this. Because also, realize, we also don't know when we're going to see Sam and Bucky next. Like, there's not yeah. really been a announcement of, oh, yeah, here's this next film. And here's when they're going to appear next. Honestly, most of the recent, the the next stuff is introducing new characters, well, and so, I think from a timeline perspective, too, I mean, Black Widow is set in the past, so we're not going to get anything from that. She's dead. So, I mean, that's just kind of going to be her backstory, right? Um, Shang, I mean, again, where WandaVision leaves off and where Falcon and Winter, they kind of leave off at generally the same time period, right? So, you know, we're kind of stuck in, at the moment, twenty you know, 2019 or 2018, really. I mean, that's kind of where the timeline has left off for these, for the, for the, for these arcs. It is going to be interesting to see if they do any kind of time shift forward. You know, again, Dr. Strange might bring these multiverses in, you know um, I, I think that the, 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 the story of these 3 billion people, you know, being displaced, I think that that's a brilliant way that they could even insert, mutants at this point i mean maybe they're maybe they're among them maybe part of being snapped away a certain percentage of the three billion people um develops mutations i mean that's a that's a a really fun way that they could bring some of this into this too who knows right yeah so okay Um, can i yeah can i ask you this what did you think of of sharon carter's role and art what what what's your opinion on that so okay she has been it's been her character has been off since she was introduced. Like we talked about this way back when she was introduced in Captain America, um, whichever one it was, I think it was the second one when she was introduced and, and she was like this, will they, won't they, will, will, you know, is is Steve going to kind of find her attractive? Are they going to date? You know, all this stuff. It was really weird then because it was, it was, you know, her, it was Sharon or it was, it was, um, uh, agent, um, Peggy Carter's niece, and that was kind of odd. Then she just disappears, like it out of like she's been gone for how long, and and then suddenly here she is, and I'm like, okay, cool, she's back. This is kind of fun. 
I hate that they turned her into, I don't want to call her a villain, but kind of a antagonist. Like I hate that they turned her into somebody who, you know, was so close to following the law and then suddenly doesn't follow the law anymore. And now she's, she like this whole idea of what did they call her in the show? Um, the, uh, power broker. Like what the heck? Like serious? Like 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 the power broker? Like who's this? You know who I thought was going to be the power broker the whole time was um was uh, uh what's his name? Um hold on, I'm looking right now. Um, uh, Joaquin Torres. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be Falcon's partner. I thought he was going to be the power broker. Just the way that oh. he interacted, I, I'm like, oh, that's going to be that. That's going to be. There's going to be someone that we're not expecting to be the power broker, and I expected it to be him. But that was the problem with that. I mean, I'll get to what my thoughts on Sharon in just a minute. But that was the problem with that whole power broker thing is they were like, who is it? And I'm like, it's Sharon. It's clearly Sharon. Like, it, it's, okay, it's Sharon. I didn't, I didn't realize that until I saw I was oh, like, oh, it's her. But I hate that they turned her that. I hate it. So I'm, I'm reserving judgment. So uh, my snap reaction was, I don't like this. Uh, and again, we're, 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 there's been some heavy digestion going on in this episode. Uh, <laughs> um I didn't like it at first, but one, it's because normally everything I can kind of piece how it's going to go based on comic things that MCU doesn't follow the comics word for word, but you can kind of, like you said with, you know, with, with Carly, they just took an existing person, made her younger, changed gender, like it, but generally the same thing. And there's generally the same stuff to my knowledge. I don't believe there are any comics where Sharon Carter is the villain. So I do have to respect Feige and the Marvel Studios for doing a doing something to a character that is not something that is canon in comics, so to speak. And so I am interested to see what they do with this. Because I, I, I'm in agreement with you. It's weird. She, she was always a weird character because she felt shoehorned in. And I, I, I agree the because we've seen so little of her, the flip to the, you know, to evil nefarious things just feels like, wait, what? Um, it just feels out but, of left field. It feels out yeah, of left it does. field. It, does. it just doesn't. Again, if it pans out, awesome. But I just... I don't know how excited I'm going to be to go see a movie. Ah, Jared Carter's the villain. Yeah. Like, you <laughs> yeah. know, I just, you know, I don't know. Uh, You're I not guess excited be, about a, a villain named Sharon? <laughs> no, no, no. Sorry, Aunt Sharon. I love you, but no. Um, okay. I do want to talk a little bit about the, the, the last two episodes, maybe the last three episodes, really the arc that sees Sam finally picking up the mantle of Captain America the race in America thing. Like, and you know, what is America ready for a black captain America? I found that so compelling. And I found that so well done his speech at the end with the GRC. I I mean, I, I don't, it makes me wonder when it was written and, and like, I don't know when these screenplays were written, when, but you know, with, with the year that we've had, and it's hard not to tie this with the year that we've had in reality with the George Floyd uh, murder in, in Minnesota, you know, what's going on right now with Dante, Dante Wright and, and all the, just unfortunately all the issues that we're having with, with police brutality towards the African-American community, America's finally, or hopefully finally starting to, to come to grips with its original sin of race. I, this is one of those times where art in 
and reality meet. And I just, I felt that MCU did a really, really good job with it. What were your thoughts on it? I do not like when shows try to make a political message that does not fit into the context of the story. Mm-hmm. And that is, let me be very clear, that is not what they did here. Yeah. The whole um, Isaiah and Elijah Bradley, those are comic book characters. Like, those are real characters. They didn't concoct something. They took this, and then the his speech at the end makes sense. The, the, I, the ideas that they're pulling in, it fits well in the story. And so it makes the political message that land that much better because it doesn't feel from out of left field. I've watched shows or movies where you're like, okay, I agree with that political message, but that's just so out of left field and out of character of anything. This felt so seamless and not layered thick. It was just, it was so, so perfect. Sam's speech at the end. And, and even the speech at the end of, to the GRC of like, you own the banks and, and his line that stuck with me of, Who's in that meeting room with you? Is it more people exactly like you or is it people you're actually trying to help? And I resonate with that a lot in today's political climate of I think a lot of politicians have people are exactly like them in the room with them. And meanwhile, we the people are sitting out there going, listen, I don't care what you do. Just do something (laughs) or it's it's, if you take what's happening right now in the United States and again, I'm sorry, guys. I know we try not to keep, you know, we try not to make this too political, but it's hard not to with the content that we were fed with this series. And you look at what's happening in the U.S. right now. You have a Democratic president, a Democratic um, House, very slim majority, and basically a Democratic uh, Democratic Senate, right? And if you look, you know, Joe Biden had his his first quote unquote State of the Union or joint presidential address a couple nights ago. If you look at the policies he's pr- proposing, just take politics out of it and just measure what the American people are saying. He's proposing stuff that like 68 to 75% of the American people, which means it's bipartisan, it's Republican and Democrat. He's proposing stuff that 68 to 75% of the American people, in some cases, 62%, 65%, all want. Things like roads that don't crumble. Things like um, uh, getting like assault weapons off the streets, things like universal background checks, like a minimum wage for, for people that so they don't have to live on seven twenty five an hour. Matt, you and I worked at a company, and again, we love working for the Disney store, but let's be honest, the, the pay was not all that great. I mean, that's, that's just reality. It's, that's retail, right? And there's a lot of people stuck in this retail infinite loop. And I bring all that up because I think you're right. It made sense and it fit within the story of what was being told. And I, I really wonder how much of of um, Anthony um, Anthony uh, Mackey, you know, he, I, I guarantee you that that his entire speech, he wasn't just playing a character. A lot of he was channeling himself. He was channeling a lot of what a lot of African Americans in America were feeling at this moment in time. And I I don't know when that scene was shot, but. It, it had to have been shot at some point from like fall to because it just wrapped the show just wrapped in February. So anytime from fall to February of this oh, past yeah. year. So, you know, he was channeling all of that stuff. And so I just it, it, it I cried and I loved it and I thought it was appropriate. Um, you know, when the one character goes, it's Black Falcon and he goes, no, it's Captain America. Like that was just awesome to me. Like it was just something for for everyone to believe in you know 
any, in, uh, I guess, final thoughts? Like, what was your overall impression? What would you give this out of 10? What were you at on this? I, I have actually raised this to like a, between a seven and an eight out of 10. And the reasoning is what you just talked about is the arc that the uh, Falcon into Captain America goes through. Just that makes this series, honestly, for me, a six out of 10. If you, if everything else was hot garbage, but you kept Sam's arc exactly how it was, it's a six out of 10 for me because the like we talked about where he started with, he gives the shield up because like this, it feels like it's belonging to something else. I don't want any part of this. You, you know, he goes to, to, to just, I'm, 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 I don't want any of this. And he transitions into uh, this, no, this is a mantle I can pick up. And that transformation and the culmination of that speech just, that his his character arc is one that I really really thought that Marvel nailed, and then the rest of the series is not hot garbage. I thought I like I like Bucky, I like Zemo, I like I like John Walker, I love Julia Julia Louis Dreyfus. Oh my gosh! Oh, I hated her. Of- I hated her character what? so much. I hate Julia Louis Dreyfus. I've never liked her. So, and she just comes out of left field. Like, who is she? Like, and she's not even a character in the comics. Oh yeah, she is. Well, I look. It does not look like she is. I, I tried clicking when I clicked her name. She's only coming up as a character in the MCU. She doesn't come up when I'm in Wikipedia and I'm looking her name. She does not come up as a character in the comics. Oh, very <laughs> rich. Uh, she oh. is um, uh, uh, possibly there. I mean, there's a whole bunch of character arcs. We actually don't know whether she's good or evil because in the comics she's she's both. Oh, there um, she is. There she was a second click in. Okay. Oh. Um. So, so I, I, I very much enjoy, I enjoyed Julia Louis Dreyfus. I'm in, I'm in team that. I, I, so, was, I um, was never a Seinfeld guy. So I think see, that's I'm probably- not a Seinfeld guy. Okay. Like that's, I, 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 I'm, I'm honestly that, that show is, it, it, it just, it just, it just doesn't hit me. I, I, I'm not saying it's, I'm, I'm going to get butchered for this. It's not a bad show. It's just not my kind of show. No, no, um, it's not a good show either. So we'll leave it at that. So Casey let, said it, not me. Let, let people butcher it. It's not a good show. It's a boring show. I have tried on multiple occasions to watch that show, and I am bored out of my mind. Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> is not a funny comedian. End of story. End of story. Sorry. Go ahead. Okay, anyway. Um, anyway, so, here's, here's 1928 at gmail.com if you got an issue. So, so, Casey, what about you? Like, final thoughts? Well, uh, what, you're saying you're kind of between a seven and an eight is what you said. But, yeah, seven and eight. Yeah. So, so when we talked, so we talked about this last week um, offline, and we both kind of came to this whole, yeah, we feel like six out of ten. I think just having this conversation with you, I don't know if I'm as hot on it as you are. I'm, I'm not going to definitely take it to an eight. I don't think it's an eight. But I, I could be closer to a seven. I, I, I could. I think – Save for episode one, take episode one out of it. I think the back half, three through five, is better than the first half. Um, I think the pen, I think the penultimate episode, episode five, was the best of the of the six episodes. I like that one the most. Save, of course, for Sam's speech in episode six. Um, so I, again, I give it between a six and a seven out of ten. Um, uh, I, I think I enjoyed the political thriller part of it more than the action elements of it. I'm, you know me, I'm not a big action guy. Um, I do feel the chemistry between Sam and Bucky was, was, you know, palpable. It was, they, they had great chemistry on, on screen. They were like brothers. 
yeah, I think yeah, six six point five out of ten for me is right. It's solid. It's it's just it's it's to me it's a solid series. Like yeah. uh, one one that I mean again like shocker Marvel made something that's solid and good. Uh, yep. <laughs> you know, um, it just continues that tradition of Marvel just. Uh, I, I I don't think they're always hitting a home run, but they're getting on base every single time. There's no yep. swing, misses, strikeout, go back to the dugout. Like it, it's 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 all at least putting the ball in play. Agreed. I mean, I can't tell you the last time that they had a had a kind of a stinker of anything. I mean, the content they're putting out is really well thought out. So I I, I so, don't know the last time I saw an MCU. It may have been honestly, and I don't even want to say worlds? this, but. The Dark World, but even that had parts yeah. that I like. Yeah. I, I it was never a critical left a, part of the. It was a critical part of the MCU. <laughs> yeah, I have I have never ever left a Marvel movie going. That was a waste of my two hours, or a show saying that was just a waste, a complete waste of my time. Except I've for never the Incredible Hulk. The Incredible Hulk would probably be the only one that I felt like that. So, but that was Fair so enough. early; they were not tying stuff together yet at that point. So. Well, it sounds like so part of the Thunderbolts. So you know, you've kind of got John Walker's U.S. agent. You've got uh, you've got uh, uh, Zemo is in that kind of whole thing. There's also a character in Black Widow that that I think they're going to set up for this as well. But it sounds like the rumor mill that I hear is that Tim Roth, who played Abomination, mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. part of the Thunderbolts and looking that they're trying to get him to come back to play abomination which that would be gosh that would be it'd be great to bring it it'd be great to bring it full circle back to that because that movie i mean other than the fact that the character of the hulk is in it nothing really ties back to it except for uh there's a general ross i think so yeah um yeah okay so it's closing time before we start to close out um i just you know we had talked about the fact that we've been we've been planning we have a lot of great episodes a lot of great content coming up over the course of the next couple of weeks i just want to kind of tease some of that um next week you're actually going to hear um matt and i's review of an older tv show that hasn't been on in the air in a couple of years but it's called once upon a time it was on abc for about seven seasons um it's been a show that it's kind of been kind of hit or miss for me in my tenure where i've watched it i stopped watching it and picked it up again um that's going to be fun so we're going to we're going to talk about that next week and then for the first time in forever matt um we're going to be together in one room in the, in, in, in without mask on. Yes. Cause <laughs> because cause we, we, we did the fully vaccinated. <laughs> yes. We did the Disney store on the spot and that was, but that wasn't a full episode. That was just no. like, we did an excerpt of it. You are going to get a, a, a in-person episode. Um, uh, one of my personal favorite things, we're going to be doing the board game, Disney villainous. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I'm I'm very excited to play this with you and and talk it with you. We've been talking I'm, about this for months, and it's just been a matter of when is it safe to to, to gather again. So so just so listeners understand, and we'll probably recap this again on that episode. But we did our very first three episodes in March of 2020. We recorded on March. I want to say it, it was St. Patrick's Day. So it was, yeah, it was like before. right before all of this. Like yeah. we were like we knew COVID was a thing and we were being cautious. And we were it, six but... feet apart in the room. We, we we didn't have mask on, but we did the first three episodes. We were six feet apart. And then every other episode other than those first three have been virtual through Zencaster. Other than, of course, the on the spot at the Disney store, we kind of did some remote segments with my iPhone of all things. And believe it or not, it actually the, 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 the audio turned out pretty good on that. Yeah. Yeah, but, pretty good. So this is going to be our first time in a room together 
with masks off. First time at my house, by the way, you're coming. Um, yes. And 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 that's going to be kind of fun to have some some interaction. So Disney villainous on, on the spot. That's going to be the one that, that that comes out on the the 25th. Um, and then the one of the ones that we are really looking forward to. I'm just going to tease up to this one. June 1st, we're going to have a roundtable for all of the live action movies that Disney has done. And we're going to have a roundtable. We're going to bring some guests on. Um, in fact, if you're interested in being a guest, let us know. Um, about, you know, it's been several years since Disney kind of went down this path of, of, of reintroducing animated classics as live action. We want to have a roundtable. Has it worked? Are they making their money on it? Do we have favorites? Are there things that haven't worked? Are there some movies that should be off limits? Are there some movies that they should try the, the live action on? Like just kind of a general overall conversation. We've kind of touched on it in various episodes, but I'm really looking forward to this episode. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, me too. I, I think I think this is a really big topic of conversation in the Disney culture, Disney fandom. And so I'm curious to hear both of our thoughts as well as whomever we decide to uh, bring on. So I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for that episode. Yeah, I am too. So it is closing time. If you would like to get a hold of us, how do they do that, Matt? Yes, absolutely. Uh, you can send us an email, beersandears1928 at gmail.com. You can uh, find us on Facebook at the Beers and Ears podcast. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at beersears1928. As always, make sure you are subscribing, following whatever platform you're on, uh, you know, whatever the version of that is that really does help us and uh, especially if you're on Apple Podcasts but also if you're on you know Google Stitcher I don't think Spotify has a rate and review um, but please rate and review us five stars five stars that's another thing that that really really helps us out so um, you know we're 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 we are a year plus into content. We are not stopping. Again, we've we've got the whole summer planned out. So I know uh, it's it's very. We're so 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 excited. So share it with your friends. Tell people. You know, scream it to roll down your window when it's a nice day and yell at someone that you're listening to this great podcast. And remember that Beers and Ears is a proud member of the Sorcerer Network, which has the other podcast that you're doing with your friend Chris, uh, Discontinued on Display. Uh, by the time this episode debuts later this week, you've got your second episode, I think, set to come out, which will yes. be on the, on the 11th. They come out on Thursdays, right? Yes. Thursdays. Um, so this will be, so be on the, th- oh, sorry, the 13th. So this coming Thursday. Um, what are you covering on that episode? Ah, yes. So you, if you have listened already, you've heard our Wonka bar. And if uh, you're listening for this week, um, do you remember colored ketchup? Like yes. green ketchup? I brought yes. this up. I brought this up. Shrek ketchup from Burger yes. King. It was so gross. I couldn't do it. But yes. Yes. Okay. We we, we have a, a very, very interesting episode. I learned the history of ketchup and okay. the process of it. It's the, the stuff I'm learning on this podcast is is astronomical. So I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, I'm excited yeah. to tune in. So again, if you don't already have it uh, subscribed on your phone, discontinued on display. It's part of the Sorcerer Network. So let's raise our glasses. This episode has been on us. We will see you again real soon. Have a great day. Bye, everyone. <laughs>